Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Real Deal Sports Talk with KP. It's May 1st, baby, 2022. All right, all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. This is Real Deal Sports Talk with KP. With me, your boy, KP. So how's everybody doing? You recovered? You got some sleep? You come back from the draft? The NBA playoffs? You got NHL playoffs kicking off this week? How are you feeling? You good? You ready for the week? I hope you're ready. It's a, it's it's popping. It's popping. The NBA playoffs is popping. We got the conference semis starting today. In fact, one one game's over. We got the NHL playoffs starting. The NFL draft is over. So now everybody's gonna be giving their draft grades. I'll tell you one thing. On this show today, I will be not be breaking down the draft. We'll talk a little bit of draft. You know, Kuiper's draft grades are in. Chad Chad Rudder did his quick snap Chad um, quick snap uh, draft grades. So we'll look at some of those. We'll have some comments, but I'm not doing my breakdown until later this week or next weekend. I need some time to digest. I need some time to process. There's some teams I think had some good drafts. There's some teams I think you know missed in the draft. But on top of that, hey. Like I, like I told you guys, I'm back in school. I got finals this week for the first time in 20 years. I haven't had finals in a minute. So I've got my finals this week. I've got my final projects done and turned in. I've got a couple of tests this week that I'm going to be, you know, giving some time to. Priorities, right? I got to get take care of my business. Then I can have some fun with you guys and talk sports on the show. So I've got that kind of stuff going on. I'll also be doing um, wisdom. I did my first little conversation. I did not invite guests into this conversation. It was more of an introductory. I think it was about 13 minutes or so. Just to say a little bit about who I was, uh, what I can offer, what I'm going to bring, types of things I'm going to be talking about while on the wisdom app. So go ahead, check me out there, Real Real Deal KVP. Uh, text line obviously is always open seven two zero five one five 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 nine seven, and go to the website. Go to Real Deal Sports Talk. Look, I'll type it in right now. Real Deal Sports Talk with KP So Real Deal Sports Talk with KP Yes, I get it. It's long, but you can listen to the show live right now. I'm looking at the live feed of me speaking. Luckily, no reverb because I don't have the live 
live feed playing, but you got the live feed. You've got the the other 66 hours of content that is still available, One, around 100 hours. I always take off about a year's worth of content. So recently I just did a dump of about a year's worth of content. So we're sitting at about 66 hours of content right now that you can go through and enjoy and, you know, cuss me out if you want. You scroll down the page, you've got our social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You've got all of the podcast hosting services that you can find us on. Please find us on your favorite podcast hosting service. Like the show, follow the show, subscribe, you know, share it with other people. That's what this is about. It's about community. Um, Yes, I would like to have high numbers. Yes, I would like to be financially stable just from being able to create this show. Uh, but that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to create a community that we can talk about sports and be real in, right? So share. Please share. Get the message out. Get the word out. Go below on the like, follow, and share section, and you've got a couple of links. Want to be on the show? Fill out that link. We'll get you on the show. If you just want to put me in my place and get real with me, there's a link for that as well. Going down, you've got a few testimonials. I would love to grow my testimonial section. But uh, thank you to David Karasek, Marcus Ogden, and Michael Hutchinson, DDS, for the testimonials that you were willing to give to me for the show. Um, appreciate you having you guys on. And again, at the bottom, there's contact information. There's the LinkedIn profile information. All that good stuff on the website, so check it out. Um, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. I was tired. I was beat at the end of the draft last night. Um, yesterday evening, I guess you would say. I... Uh, I, I have a full spreadsheet. I track every pick. I try and make sure I get a, every trade. Uh, and I, then I'll go back and look at it later. But I enjoy sitting there watching the commentary, taking in the knowledge, seeing how teams are building themselves, what areas they're looking to focus um, their efforts in this year where they think they need to get better. So it's a fun time for me. But I, I was definitely spent. I was definitely tired. Um, my eyes needed to not be looking at a screen anymore after that. Um, and it wasn't just the draft. Again, I was, I've been preparing for finals. I turned in a research proposal on, on Thursday that I had finished up. I turned in another paper on Friday that I had just finished up. So I had been doing other stuff still on screens. But tired nonetheless. Wouldn't change a thing. If there was any way I could get paid... Um, and like I said, be financially stable from talking sports with you guys or being able to talk sports and go be at the draft and share my two cents or, you know, even get get a paid spot to fill in on a radio station here and there. Like, hey, we heard your show. We got an opening. How'd you like to come, you know, make 50 bucks to fill in for this show today? I would love those opportunities. Absolutely love it. Would not turn them down. Um and if any way I could make this my full time thing and it was, you know, it was paying the bills, absolutely would jump at that opportunity. But it is what it is. We are where we are. The draft is over. I am refreshed and I'm ready to talk some sports. Now, not talking the draft today very much, my own opinions anyway, or what I thought of certain picks or some of the notes that I took during the three day event. Um, it's going to be a shorter, short show today. Um, But that's okay. You know, sometimes short, sweet, simple, get you in, get you out. Thank you. Wham, bam, all that good stuff. Let's do it. 
So one thing I saw, I think I saw this today, actually. Aaron Kingsley Brown. He's a two-time Olympic medalist for Canada. He was on their 4 by 100 meter relay team in 16 and 20. Um, he says, the track and field business model needs an overhaul. And he outlines the reality for many track and field athletes that they are not making enough money to make ends meet. And this comes out at a peculiar time, right? Um, A lot of these stories come out around times where you see Major League Baseball signing contracts, NFL signing contracts, NBA signing contracts. And what's left out is the context. With the women's national soccer team, They had a lot of merit to their argument about making equal pay to the men because they were bringing in as much, if not more. Their ticket sales were higher. Their merchandising was higher. They had been more successful. The WNBA, it's hard to say they should be making the same money as the NBA. Should they be making the same percentage of the money that's being brought in? Yes, that I agree with. But see, there's the context. There's where the, the issue lies with this comment from Aaron Kingsley Brown. No, you don't make enough money as a professional track athlete and, and the worldwide wide travel and, and the fitness you have to pay for and the, the care for your body that you have to pay for um, to really make it as a quote-unquote professional athlete compared to some of your counterparts in other sports. But to that, should you? I mean, really, no discredit to you or your sport. I enjoy a track. I participated in track. Uh, I enjoy watching the track Olympic events. But where's the money? Now, I get it. There are people who are making a lot of money off of you. The organizers of the track tournaments, the, the the merchandisers, the Nikes, the Pumas, you know, I get there's money to be made, but where's the large ticket sales? Where's the drive for the consumer and the audience that's going to make that possible? I think this comment needs context. They're not making enough of the profit off of the tournaments off of these different races that they're going to participate in different countries, in the uh, pre-Fontaine. You know, that's a big one. Um, In the Olympic events, you're not going to make a lot of money there. You're just not. That's not how those works. Those are considered, you know, amateur sports. So the organizers of the Olympics, they make all the money if there's any to be made. And then, hey, you'll get some endorsements off of it, and you'll get your prize money if you win. But it's a bit of a sacrifice. But again, I I go to, outside of the Olympics, where are these big tournaments that are bringing in an audience like Major League Baseball does for 162 games a season? Not because they're all there to watch baseball in any way, but because it's an experience. It's something to go out and do. How do you turn track and field into that, Aaron? Like, come with the solution. And I can say that because I'm the same way. I can easily pick apart and find holes in all kinds of things. I don't always have that same solution or idea of how to make it better. 
So it does come across as complaining or being a pessimist or being negative. So Aaron, what I would do is challenge you not to just see that the business model needs an overhaul because we can all see that. But how would you overhaul it? What are the steps you would take, Aaron, as a two-time Olympian to overhaul this business model so you and your brethren, you and your co-competitors can feel like you are getting the compensation you need to be able to compete at the highest level and keep your body right and your training right and all of those things that are coming out of pocket right now. What's the plan? Is it to get Nike to invest more? Puma, Adidas, pick your shoe company. Have them be more out front, more contracts. Is it to go kind of an NIL route since technically a lot of you are still listed as amateur athletes and blend some kind of the NIL model into the track and field world where you guys can start capitalizing on your name, image, and likeness a little bit more to to offset that money That's not coming from ticket sales or TV contracts where, face it, for the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, those TV deals bring in the money. Ticket sales, concessions bring in the money. Merchandise brings in the money. Nobody's going out to buy a bunch of, you know, track jerseys and short shorts. It's a niche market. It is not one of those things people are going to go do because it's the it thing. Because, hey, I want to be seen like a football game, like a baseball game, like a basketball game. Not really hockey or lacrosse. They're not really in that world yet. Not really soccer. But track, I mean, face it, after high school track, a lot of people lose touch with what's going on with track world. And then the Olympics come around every four years. Four, and most of us outside of that four-year cycle, we don't hear, see, or know anything about the track and field world. They got a boost when Usain Bolt was at the peak. He's gone. Justin Gatlin, gone. Green, gone. Who's the guy right now? Who's the girl right now? Who's the top competitor that's the draw that makes me want to turn that on instead of fan-controlled football, instead of the USFL, instead of the Premier League, instead of NCAA wrestling? So again, does the business model need to be addressed? Sure. The business model in most professional sports or professions needs to be addressed, overhauled. But we've got to come up with our challenge, Aaron's challenge is to come up with what is that overhaul and how to implicate it. So I'll pay attention to this from a distance to see where it goes because I am not one for people to be taken advantage of in any way. I'm also not one for doubling down on the negative side of business to try and improve things. So we'll see where this track conversation goes, just like we're tracking where the WMA situation goes. And we tracked where the U.S. women's national team situation went all the way through, uh, through to their success. So we'll see. Um, but worth talking about, worth the debate. And hey, to Aaron's credit, worth bringing up on a, uh, on a platform, on a stage when you have the ability to.
Joel Embiid, he's not so much going to be able to put that out there on the platform that he has right now. Um, orbital fracture and a concussion sustained against um, Toronto the other night in the Game 6 closer. Uh, Siakam caught him with an elbow. Looked incidental to me. Uh, but he caught him just right, and he fractured his orbital socket and gave him a concussion, and he's out indefinitely. Going against the Miami team that, yes, as Jimmy Butler said, would love to be facing the Sixers full strength so that they don't have any excuses and Miami can show how good of a team they really are. But that's not going to happen, at least not for the few, first few games or until they can um, get a mask on him that he's comfortable with and it isn't causing pain or pressure issues. Hard at the center position. We talked about how the thumb was going to be an issue with the ligament damage and the beating and pounding he would take. Well, the face, that's a hard one. I mean, you're down there, you're getting rebounds, people around you, they're banging, it's a hard one to protect. And you want to protect your eyesight. So we'll see how that affects the series. I had Miami winning this series regardless, but now it could be in five games instead of seven. Other games out there, Milwaukee-Boston. I know a lot of people are taking Milwaukee in this one, even even with Chris Middleton out. Um, and I get that. I, I think I would love this series to go seven. Uh, it has the potential that it should be an Eastern Conference final, but it's in the semi-conference finals. Boston's been playing some really good basketball. We've seen that. I think they could have played a little better against Brooklyn than they did. Uh, surprisingly so, considering they swept them. But they had close games. They had games where they had big leads and let them get back into it a little bit. Made it closer than it needed to be at the end. So there's still stuff Boston can tighten up. Can Giannis take this series over? Sure. He can give you, you know, 30, 15, and 10 a night. Nobody on Boston's going to give you 13, 15, and 10 a night. But can the collective beat the collective of what's going on in Milwaukee? That's what we're going to see, and I think Boston can. I think the collective can be better than the collective in Milwaukee, than the Drew Holiday and the Giannis and, you know, Porter and go through the roster. I think Boston's collective, they play that tight defense. These are almost mirror teams outside of Giannis. I mean, Jason Tatum, you give him a couple inches and a thicker body, he is Giannis, but he's smaller. He's not as tall. He's not as big. He's still only 24. Let's see if he gets any bigger. This series, though, Milwaukee leads. They did win earlier today. Like I said, that game was on earlier. You've got Golden State and Memphis, I think, on today as well. Um, Actually, they probably just started or getting ready to start if they haven't. Um, Golden State, Memphis. Look, Memphis is an exciting team. I don't think they're a title contender this year. Golden State's starting to find a little bit of that old magic, so we'll see. I think the best team in the West right now that's the most complete is Dallas. Uh, Phoenix, they're going to play you hard. They were the best team in basketball. Booker might come back in this series. CP3 is a veteran. But Dallas just has that it factor. 
I don't know if it's Luca. I don't know if it's the way that teams come together, if it's just the perfect meld of everything. But I can see Dallas winning the West and going up against a Miami, a Milwaukee, or a Boston. Um, Golden State could come out of the West. I do think they beat Memphis in the series. I think Dallas beats Phoenix. And I think Dallas, Golden State, let's flip a coin. Uh, Luka gets hot. He can carry a team. He's one of those type of talents. He can carry a team. And then there's Golden State. If Jordan Poole's going to give you 20 to 30, if Wiggins giving you 15 to 20, if Draymond's giving you 10 to 15, Curry's giving you 20 to 30, Clay's giving you 20 to 30, well, you don't need a lot from the whole rest of the team then to win some games. That's Golden State is going to be a tough out. They're healthy. They're finding their groove together. They're finding different rotations. Steph, who knows? Maybe Steph comes off the bench the rest of the damn playoffs and still wins finals MVP. It might not be a bad idea. It worked out well for the games they did it against Denver. Phoenix, we've all, everybody said it all year. This is a team. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Team, they're going to be the best team, and then they're going to disappear in the playoffs. Um... Not sure how they lost two against New Orleans, except they were off. They should have swept New Orleans. Even with Booker out, they should have swept New Orleans. So the conference finals are going. It's exciting. It's great. On the East, I think you legitimately have three teams that can make the finals. In the West, I think you legitimately have two teams that are ready to play in the finals. Phoenix being a third team you could consider playing for the finals. But those games going on today... Then you've got uh, game one for Phoenix, Dallas, Miami, Philadelphia tomorrow night. Um, And check your local listings for the rest of that schedule. But Embiid being out, that's going to be huge. Major League Baseball, you know, we're approaching, what, 30 games into their season? Kershaw's already been part of two big stories, right? He had the the near-perfect game the other day. Uh, pulled him going into seven innings of perfect pitching baseball. And then last night, uh, he passes Don Sutton for the all-time Dodgers strikeout record. He's at 2,700 strikeouts right now. I think he passed Don Sutton at 2,697. Does he get to 3,000? Does he get to the Hall of Fame? 
if you look at the, those players with 3,000 strikeouts, and to me that's a, a remarkable number, 3,000 times, you versus the hitter, you got the better. You didn't need the other seven guys playing the field behind you. You needed the catcher to catch it, and you needed your arm. And over 3,000 times you did that, and nobody in the history of baseball will ever compete with my guy, Nolan Ryan. Not only will he strike you out, but he would whoop your ass if you stepped out of line. 5,714 strikeouts in his career. Unbelievable. 27 years he played in uh, professional baseball. What was it? 1969, he was playing for the Miracle Mets. Um, and his last season was something like 1996, I want to say, somewhere in there. So, remarkable career. He was throwing 100, you know, in his 40s. He was putting up no his seventh no-hitter in his 40s. Randy Johnson, we all think of how dominant Randy was, right? All he did was strike people out and intimidate you. Man, he's almost a 1,000 strikeouts behind Nolan Ryan. And he only played five fewer seasons. Randy played 22 years. Roger Clemens, over a 1,000 below. So the top number we're not even worried about. In fact, Don Sutton, yes, Kershaw passed him for the Dodgers record, but Don Sutton finished with 3,574 strikeouts. Um. Right now, Kershaw on that list of pitchers with strikeouts as a left-hander is 26. There's one, two, three, four, five left-handed pitchers in the history of baseball have gotten more strikes than Clayton Kershaw. Five. The other 20 players ahead of him have all been right-handers. And there's some great names in there. Like I said, Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Roger, Roger Clemens, Steve Carlton, uh, Burt Blylevin, Tom Seaver, Don Sutton, Gaylord Perry, Walter Johnson, Greg Maddox, Phil Neikro, uh, uh Fergie Jenkins, Pedro Martinez, Bob Gibson, Kurt Schilling, CeCe Sabathia, John Smoltz, Max Scherzer, active player, Justin Verlander, active player, uh, Jim Bunting, Mickey Lolick. Zach Greinke, active player. Mike Mussina, Cy Young, Frank, Frank Tananen. All above Clayton Kershaw, who's also an active player. So three players in the top 54 are active. Does Clayton Kershaw get to 3,000? 300 more strikeouts. Okay. So if he averages... You know, in 162 games, let's say he starts 30 games at five strikeouts a game. That's 150 strikeouts. That's two or three seasons this year, next year, and then maybe in the summer of 2024, we're talking about Clayton Kershaw being in the 3,000 strikeout club. And remember, he almost jumped ship this year to go play in Texas because the Dodgers hadn't offered him a contract. He came back on a one-year deal. Clayton Kershaw, one-year deal. A guy who, while with the Dodgers, is an eight-time All-Star, a World Series champion, a National League MVP, uh, a three-time Cy Young winner, won the pitching triple crown, has a gold glove, Roberto Clemente Award, three-time NL wins leader, five-time ERA leader, three-time strikeout leader, has pitched a no-hitter, 
And this is a guy they were willing to let walk, who at the back end of their rotation is one of the better performing pitchers on that roster this year. He's pitching free. He's having fun. It's almost like the pressure is gone. So if you're going to tell me that Clayton Kershaw, at your third or fourth starter, over the next three, four, five seasons, couldn't get you 300 strikeouts to enter the 3,000 club, I'd be surprised. I think the only way he doesn't get to 3,000 strikeouts is if he chooses to walk away before that milestone is met. This is a guy who is one of the greatest of his generation. He doesn't have all the titles to go with it. Team sport. He was on some really good, bad teams as a really good pitcher. But three times, Cy Young. MVP from the pitching position. Gold Glove. World Series. All-Star. This guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. The Dodgers should not let him walk out. He should reach 3,000 Ks as a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He should retire a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, who right now are sitting in second place in the West at a 13-7 mark, should not be looking to let Clayton Kershaw walk. I don't care if you have to do one-year deals year in and year out. Pay the man, keep him there, get the milestone, let him retire in the blue. Maybe you get another title out of it, but do right by the guy. Don't make everything a business decision. Make some things a loyalty and a sports decision. And in my case, players like Clayton Kershaw deserve that. Uh, What he's accomplished is amazing. He's one of the best that we are getting to see in this generation, period. Are there guys, his contemporaries, that have more strikeouts than him right now? Sure, Max Scherzer, Zach Greinke, Verlander. Verlander's right there on his level. Uh, Scherzer's right there on his level. Greinke's right there. All these guys have won Cy Young's. Amazing pitchers. Outside of that, we're early in the season. I don't care what your batting average is. I don't care who has 10 home runs. I don't care who has 30 RBIs. I'll start paying more attention to baseball and the stats and things like that come the All-Star break, come July, because it's just a long-ass season. And paying that much attention to that many stats for that long... I'll be real with you. That's not my thing. I love to see records broken. I love to see great players do great things. But that kind of attention to a 162-game schedule across 30 teams, that's just too much. That's too much bandwidth, and I'm not I'm not about that. I'm not Mel Kuyper. I'm not trying to put out this big draft retrospective and then the day after have my draft grades ready. Which, of course, Mel does already. Um, I can't say that I agree with all of Mel's grades, but there's some I do agree with. I think Baltimore, yes, I would give Baltimore an A. Uh, A little bit of a homer pick for Mel Kuyper being from the area, but Baltimore had a good draft. Um, 
Jets had an excellent draft. They're probably one of my favorite drafts just based on their first four selections. You get uh, Ahmad Gardner, you get Garrett Wilson, you get Jermaine Johnson, and you get Brees Hall. You get four players in the top 36 that arguably are top 20 talents, um, three of which could have gone in the top 10, top 15 type players. Excellent haul for the Jets. The Falcons, B+. Plus, eh, not so sure on that one. The Lions, he gave a B plus. I agree. Um, Logan Langmeyer, he gave him a B plus for Sports Illustrated. He covers the Lions for them. I had a B-plus grade when my dad asked me about the draft yesterday afternoon. I said, eh, about a B-plus. Could it turn into an A? Sure. But A's are hard to give away. We don't know what these guys are going to actually do. Uh, I think a B on paper, if you're grading drafts, is kind of the best you can do because you really don't know. You're prognosticating. You're guessing. So I'm guessing Detroit had a very good draft at a B-plus evaluation. I like Aiden Hutchinson. Jameis Williamson, be aggressive. This is not a team that's been aggressive in the draft. Um, Josh Paschal, okay, he's going to move up and down the defensive line. He's going to be a rotational guy. He's going to be a solid player. You're building with him. Uh, Kirby Joseph, top-ranked safety on a lot of boards and a lot of PFF rankings and all that. He's got to turn athleticism into ability, though. Uh, James Mitchell, the tight end. We've had a history now of trying to draft these players that were once injured and uh, slipped down the board. James Mitchell is another one of those. He's going to be a second tight end behind Hawkinson because we did pick up that fifth-year option. Malcolm Rodriguez, I kind of have a problem with. If you're going to go with the shorter linebacker, why not get a N'Kobe Dean earlier in the draft when um, you passed on him What at Pascal? Um, he didn't quite make it to that Joseph pick. James Houston, uh, the um, HBCU player out of Florida, Jackson State. We'll see how that goes. He's probably going to be a special teams contributor. And then Chase Lucas, we'll see what he can bring in camp. Other good grades Mel dished out Philadelphia. I think they had a pretty decent draft. Um, I don't know that I would give them a B plus. He has Seattle at a B plus. We'll talk uh, Seattle, B, I don't know, B+. Plus. Arizona, he's got to be. Buffalo, he's got to be. Buffalo had a luxury draft. Buffalo's a C at best. When you're doing nothing but picture and luxury picks, you don't get a top grade. You're just filling, you know, characteristics. Oh, this guy's got a characteristic we like. It's luxury for Buffalo. Carolina, he gave a B. Cincinnati, he gave a B. Cleveland, he gave a B. Green Bay, he gave a B. We'll talk about that when I break mine down. Houston, he gave a B. Um, yeah, not so sure there, Mel. India B. Kansas City, a B. He loves the Bs. Las Vegas is a B. The Giants is a B. Everybody's getting a B. Pittsburgh, Tampa, Tennessee. Chicago's a B minus. Denver's a B minus. Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Rams, Miami, Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco, Washington, and then finally you get to a team he didn't like the draft so much is Dallas. And I have to agree. I didn't really like what Dallas did either. 
uh, left me scratching my head, more so than when I'm trying to figure out what Bill Belichick is trying to do. But the draft grades are out there. And to my point, I'm not one who wants to put out a big manifesto about it. I want to enjoy it. I want to see how the teams are built. I want to try and see where the focus is that these teams were self-evaluating and going, okay, we need to get better in the secondary. We need to focus on defense. We need to get better on special teams. We had several punters and a kicker drafted. Um, So those chess moves, those pieces where they're trying to set things up for the future and maybe not have an instant, you know, lottery pick payoff this year like a Pascal for Detroit, that's not a a guy that we're picking to be an all-pro. That's a guy we're picking to be a solid football player, excuse me, for years to come that we can move up and down the line and give us some flexibility with. Are there other players I would have liked to see drafted in that spot? 100%. But this isn't a video game, and there's a reason I'm talking about it, and there's a reason they are doing it, right? Let's all be clear about that. Let's be really real about that. There's a reason they get to do it, and there's a reason we all talk about it and complain or, you know, praise what they're doing. Chad Rudder, um, NFL.com, I can't say that... His grades are much different. Uh, Honestly, a lot of the grading that I've seen right now that has come out this early has been very similar. Um, Chad does have Arizona as an A grade, so that's a little bit higher. But the way Chad did it, he graded each day and then averaged those grades together. So it gives you a little bit of of, of something to look at, a little bit of a breakdown if you kind of want to see what Chad was looking at. If I go down to the Lions, the Chad, the Chad, Chad has the Lions, which bears an A minus. Are you fucking kidding me, Chad? Um, And Dallas at a solid beat. See, so we can complain about Chad's quite a bit if we wanted to. But he does have Detroit, where I had Detroit, where Mel had Detroit, where Logan has Detroit, at that B plus grade. Uh, he gave him an A minus on day one. I would have given him an A plus on day one. I think the aggressiveness to get Jameis Williams while basically fleecing both Minnesota and Green Bay, you didn't give up much to move up 20 spots in the first round. Okay, You moved up 20 spots, took a player that could have helped Minnesota, took a player that ended up changing the receiver market for Green Bay who was desperately in the market for receivers. So fleeced both of them. And hey, maybe Williamson doesn't come in and set the league on fire this year because he's coming off that ACL. But guess what? He's not signed for just this year. And we're building for the future in Detroit. So I love the pick. I love Aiden Hutchinson coming in at that second pick because Trayvon Walker went one. Um, he gave us a B-plus on day two. I probably would have gotten more of a B-minus, C-plus on day two. And then on day three, he gave us a B-plus grade. I probably would have gone more of a solid B, B B-minus area. Um, But again, coming in at the B-plus overall, it's fairly easy, I think, to jump to conclusions at this point and put a lot of these teams in the A, B-plus range. The fact of the matter is nobody can really grade these drafts for another two to three years. We have to see these players get out there and perform. And that has not happened yet. Um. All that being said, I'll do my draft breakdown later this week and let you know the drafts I liked and why. 
And then, you know, the NHL playoffs, I was super hyped coming into the NHL playoffs. The Avs were kicking ass. And then the last, what, seven games, the Avs lost something like five out of seven. Not a good way to enter the playoffs. Not at all. Um, You've got the matchups are set. In the Atlantic, you've got Florida and Washington, Toronto and Tampa Bay. Metro, you've got Carolina, Boston, and the Rangers and the Penguins. The Central, you've got Colorado, Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis. And in the Pacific, you've got Calgary and Dallas and Edmonton and L.A. Seattle and Winnipeg are actually playing right now if you want to check that game out. But the playoff matchups are set. They do kick off, if I'm not mistaken, as early as Tuesday, nope, they do kick off tomorrow. Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay play tomorrow. Uh, two teams out of Florida. You know, you've, you've got the, the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Florida, for whatever reason, big into hockey right now down there in Florida. Uh, crappy state to live in or, you know, horrible, stupid, bigoted, racist, doofus of a governor and DeSantis and all his little... Tragliodites or whatever you call them. Um, God, I digress. Florida sucks. Um, But the Avs and the Nashville Predators. Obviously, living in Colorado, this is a matchup that I'm looking to watch. I would love to see the Avs be able to get another cup this year. I think they have the team to do it. And again, there is nothing better than playoff hockey. The speed, the energy, the hitting, uh, the chess on the ice. It's amazing. If you have not checked it out before, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching a singular playoff hockey game. And if you ever have the ability to go to a playoff hockey game in person, do it. Cross it off your bucket list. Go enjoy it. Have a couple cold pops. And just have the experience, feel the energy, feel the, the the ice in the air and the warmth and the crowd and the music and the, and the hits and the sounds and just enjoy the moment because playoff hockey is something special. We are in the midst of it. I don't have a why I love sports this week. So until next time, that is what I have for you this week. It's as real as I can get about it. And until next time, everybody, you know how we do. Just be real.